No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord raises up one from the east who defeats kings and terrifies the coastlands. God encourages his servant Israel not to fear, for he is with them. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 41 on Simply the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 41, we see the Lord making some wonderful promises to his people Israel. God chose them to be his special people, and he would be their defender against the nations who opposed them. We continue in Isaiah chapter 41. Keep silence before me, O coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near and let them speak. Let us come near together for judgment. The coastlands referred to the ends of the earth and the Gentile nations. Some translations say islands. This was from the perspective of the Jews in Jerusalem. It could refer to places such as Tarshish, which was at the west end of the Mediterranean Sea, thought by many scholars to be modern Spain. This is in the context of God demonstrating his sovereignty over all the nations by raising up a conqueror. He would be God's instrument of righteous judgment. He would be so terrifying that the nations would sit in silence before him. God's purpose would be to draw them to court where they could reason together with the Lord and where he could judge them righteously. These nations didn't have to be destroyed. They could renew their strength in the Lord. That is always God's purpose in bringing judgment. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If God chastens us for our sins, then the best thing we can do is to be silent before him and humble ourselves beneath his mighty hand. If we will humble ourselves and allow him to have his way in us, then he will renew our strength and he will lift us up in due season. Verse 2. Who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness called him to his feet? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as the dust to his sword, as driven stubble to his bow? Who pursued them and passed safely by the way that he had not gone with his feet? Who is this one whom God would raise up from the east? Bible commentators are divided, but it seems likely that Isaiah was referring to Cyrus of Persia, whom Isaiah would call by name in chapter 44 over a century before he was even born. He would swiftly conquer nations, including the Babylonians. He would also issue a decree by which the Jewish captives in Babylon would be able to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. Again, this demonstrates God's sovereignty over the kingdoms of men. He directs rulers of nations as he will. He uses them to judge the nations. He raises them up and he puts them down. Now, as humans, it is easy for us to fixate on the human leaders and forget that God is still in control. He is even able to use worldly people who don't even acknowledge him to execute his will. If God has raised up a leader that we do not like, well, we should pray for that leader and not necessarily pray that he be removed from office. It could be that God has placed him there for a purpose. 
Now, the Amplified Bible translates verse 3, He, Cyrus, pursues them and passes safely and unhindered, even by a way his feet had not trod, and so swiftly that his feet do not touch the ground. History would confirm this word that Cyrus would swiftly conquer kingdoms as he expanded the Persian Empire. Verse 4, Who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. Who predicts the future with such accuracy? Who calls out generations that don't even exist yet from the beginning? Who names Cyrus as a conqueror over a century before he was born? Only the Lord can do these things. He is the first and the last, the author and finisher of our faith. He knows the end from the beginning and everything in between. Who is like him? Now, the total accuracy of God's prophetic word is probably the greatest proof that the Bible is, in fact, the inspired word of God. As we look back to God's declarations through the prophets, we are looking into the future because he will surely bring everything about that he has promised. That knowledge should give us great assurance and hope for our future. Whatever happens, the Lord is in control, the Lord is working out his will, and he will be there. Verse 5, the coastlands saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. Now, when the coastlands see the advance of Cyrus and how he expands the borders of the Persian Empire, they will be afraid. They will band together, everyone with his neighbor. They will say, be strong and have good courage. This is how nations respond when they are threatened by an enemy force. This would be their golden opportunity to draw near to God and to cry out to him for help. But would they? Verse 7, So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith. He who smooths with the hammer inspired him, who strikes the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. Then he fastened it with pegs that it might not totter. Rather than drawing near to God and crying to him for help, they would stick with their comfortable idols, even though their idols had not defended them against Cyrus. It's an amazing mystery that people will cling to lifeless idols when judgment comes, rather than humbling themselves, turning from their sins, and seeking the Lord. Now, we find an exception in the Bible with the city of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah, but they were the exception rather than the rule. However, as Jonah said from the belly of the great fish, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. How tragic. Verse 8, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. In contrast to the idolatrous coastlands is Israel, who is God's chosen people and his servant. They are the descendants of Abraham, God's friend. What a glorious title that is for Abraham. God called him while he was still living in Ur of the Chaldees. 
this was an idolatrous place, but God had something better for Abram. Because he believed God, God credited this to him as righteousness. And God made a covenant with him that through his seed, the nations of the world would be blessed. By faith and obedience, Abraham became God's friend. The same is true for everyone who follows in the faith of Abraham and believes in Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his disciples, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Friends, unburden their hearts to each other. They open up to one another. And that is exactly what Jesus did with his disciples. Everything Jesus heard from his father, he made known to them. And if we are friends with Jesus, then he will speak to us because his sheep hear his voice. And we read in Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Because God chose Abraham and Israel, taking them from the ends of the earth and calling them my servant, they could rest assured that God would not cast them away. And neither will God cast us away. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Blessed assurance. Verse 10, which is one of the greatest verses in the Old Testament. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now that is one to commit to memory. It is for us as well as for God's people, Israel, because all the promises of God to us in Christ Jesus are yea and amen. We can be assured that we don't need to be afraid or dismayed, which is literally to be shattered. Because God is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. And as it says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He will uphold us with his righteous right hand. I don't know of anything more assuring, more comforting than these things. Knowing that he is with us and we don't need to be afraid because he will help us. Verse 11. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. This is the wonderful thing about surrendering your life to the Lord, trusting in Him, letting Him be in control of your life, realizing that He is with you and anybody that comes against you while you are a follower of Jesus. Listen, they're coming against the Lord and God will be your protection. He will be your strength. He will be your defense. Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord. And your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I love this. You know, just when you might start thinking really highly of yourself, too highly, he says, hey, don't be afraid, you worm, Jacob. <laughs> and, and that's really the reality. If you think about it, we come from the dust of the earth and we're going to return to the dust of the earth. Uh, physically, that's what we are. 
and uh, before Almighty God, we're really like a worm. But even so, God takes us wherever we are at. He strengthens us. He uses us. He lifts us up and empowers us to do great things. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them. The wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. And so though they were yet a worm, God would strengthen them. He would empower them and make them into a threshing sledge. That was something that was pulled behind the plow that would have sharp teeth and and thresh the grain and even pull them up over the mountains to make the hills like chaff. And thus they would not only thresh the grain, but also winnow it. The idea is that the wind would carry away their enemies and they would rejoice in the Lord and in the glory of the Holy One of Israel. What a comforting chapter for those who would trust in the Lord. You know, even when God does bring judgment, all he's looking for is that we would trust in him, surrender to him, call upon his name for help, and know that he is there to help us, to strengthen us, to uphold us with his righteous right hand. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where God challenges the idols to present their case and to show what will happen. Who has declared from the beginning what will be? The Lord will prove himself by giving one to Jerusalem who brings good news. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.